Opening this Friday at stage left is the play Corpus Christi by Terence McNally. Um, there's some powerful names already said in the title, and uh, playwright and other powerful names are going to include some of the people involved with this stage left production, which uh, was de- delayed for a week, but does open this Friday and runs through February 6th. And so with that and through the wonders of the telecoupler, um, let us um, bring in um, Troy Nickerson. Hello, Troy. Good morning. Okay, Troy Nickerson, who's the stage director for this play. And in a moment, we will get to Jeremy Whittington, who's the scenic designer, but as we're going to find out, has... uh, many other deeper connections specifically to this play. But first to you, Troy, because I know that um, you'll, you, you can get over your blushing for, in, in a moment that as, as the to-go director that one wants for the really meaningful plays in town, when plays happen, <laughs> there's that caveat, you do get asked uh, to do the good ones, and you're kind. Of, it seems like you're in the position in your life and career when the really meaningful play comes along that you have the pleasure of doing it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm very blessed that way. I, uh, I've been, I've been doing this a long time, and I hope it's something that I've earned. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's great. And 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 as I get older. And you know, want to do maybe a little bit less. It's nice to be able to pick and choose the beautiful pieces of work that I want to do, uh, because I love them and because I have something invested in them. And, and instead of just doing kind of everything that comes along. And so, were you in any way involved um, with the stage left people in their choosing Corpus Christi, or did they choose it and then come looking for you? You know, it's kind of a crazy. Uh, a crazy story. So Jeremy was in Texas working uh, at the theater there as the uh, cine artistic director. And he had come back and uh, he came to a party at Charlie's one night, which is kind of the, the watering hole of uh, all the local actors on karaoke night. And uh, we wandered out into the parking lot and he had just kind of uh, – was working his way into this, the, the role as the uh, executive artistic director of Stage Left. And he was just talking to me, and he said, hey, do you know the play Corpus Christi? And my mouth, you know, kind of hit the ground, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's truly one of my dream roles. Please, 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 please. I would, I would, I would do anything to bring that to life with you. And, and we work very well together. And uh, so it just made sense, and it's been a, it's been a couple of years now in the in the making. I think we could say that the best artistic decisions are either made uh, written down on cocktail napkins or made in parking lots outside bars, right? <laughs> I think that's very true. <laughs> well, Jeremy Whittington, the uh, artistic director of Stage Left Theater, and for this production, the scenic designer is there. Let's bring in Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Vern. How are you? Good. And uh, this gets much deeper because uh, you have a, a greater level of connection here to Terrence McNally. So while I was going to pose that question to um <clears throat> That, that that question uh, originally to Troy. Let, let's have you kind of take it. Of uh, For the outsider who has maybe only heard the name once, uh, 
Who is Terrence McNally, and what is his significance in the current world of theater? Oh, man. Well, Terrence McNally, you know, they, they call him the Bard of American Theater, and, and he is, his body of work just speaks for itself. A lot of people, including myself, didn't know some of the big works that he wrote, um, Love, Valor, and Compassion. Uh, he wrote the book for uh, Ragtime, the musical, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. I mean, the, the list of uh, incredible American theater that this man was involved with just is mind-boggling when you when you when you look at that body of work as a whole. Um, you know, specifically Corpus Christi, which debuted in 1998, um, has had this longevity uh, that just kind of keeps going, and um, we're just really blessed to to bring it to life now. And so um, Corpus Christi, as you say, came out in 1998, and uh, the elevator speech, I mean, the, there are a lot of biblical names in the cast of 13 that you have going here. So the, 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 the quick overview of the setting of this play with a famous uh, Latin ecclesiastical title. Absolutely, yes, right. So it's a modern retelling of the Jesus uh, story and his his life and and death and his and his mission, uh, along with his apostles. So originally it was written for 13 gay men, you know, and it was kind of at the height of the AIDS epidemic uh, when he wrote this. So that was so powerful and potent at that time. And since then, the play has kind of uh, morphed and developed to speak to the times that we live in. So our production includes a. Uh, huge, diverse cast of different gender identities, ages, backgrounds. Um, it, it's just a, a beautiful way to deliver the, the message that Terrence has uh, imbibed into, this, into these words. And uh, probably the line that we should be saving really for the end of the interview, that message is? Uh, all men are divine. I think that sums up the the total message, you know, and 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 love wins. Those are the two things that um, that really speak to the viewer or the reader. Um, you know, we we had the fortunate experience to uh, have a random weird connection that uh, allowed us to bring in uh, Terrence's widower Tom Kirdy, and he streamed in with our cast for almost a half an hour. Um, from his uh, from his home in Corpus Christi, and he spoke to us sitting at the desk where Terrence wrote Corpus Christi back in the 90s, and it was just such a moving and loving experience for everyone. I, I think we were all crying, including Tom. Um, the the play brings together people in a cast in a way, you know, every theater production I think has that sense of oh, this is my you know, Hunchback of Notre Dame family. This is my Little Women family. And you, you kind of develop those theater families as we do. But there's something about plays like this that bind a cast in a way that's unique and special and, and unforgettable. So when you uh, had that uh, half hour with Tom, beyond the emotion or, or included in it, uh, what was some mm -hmm. of the information that you received in that half hour? I think a lot of the things he was sharing with us is, you know, uh, is to find the joy in the show. Find that it's it's a funny show. It's not all serious. It's it's funny joy to find to find the joy in that. And then he just remarked that 
this show is cha- it changes lives. It may not be today, it may be tomorrow, but down the road it changes lives. And then he told our cast that this show is an act of bravery and grace to put on and that he's very proud of them. And then he took time to learn each one of their names, the roles they were playing, and really truly just shared shared his his whole his whole experience with the show. He started off with the show with the protesters being out as an anti-protester for the show when people were protesting it back in the 90s uh, when he met Terrence. And his show truly his mess his message to us and his last his last line of the the um the conversation with us is that love wins. And it uh it was it was it was incredibly lovely. And so you have that set up. Then, as you say, you have a cast of, of, of 13 who have certainly coalesced into, uh, as, as they should. It's probably, is this play unique? You said that every, uh, no, I guess it was uh, Jeremy who said that every, every cast uh, kind of forms its, no, I don't, it doesn't matter who said it, uh, its own identity. But does this play create or demand or require even more coalesce, coalescing of the cast? I, I think I think so. I think it happens naturally, but I think by the words and by just by Terrence's words, you know, it's an interesting thing with when you're dealing with a cast that's gay, straight, and uh, bisexual, and uh, different uh, uh, pronouns and it, you know, they all react differently. And then you have them, you have atheists, and then you have believers, and you have Catholics. And you have all these people that come together in this room to somehow form a common bond in the words that are shared in this show. And stage left open this space for everyone. And, and then the actors all felt like, maybe for the first time for a lot of them, that they had a space that's for just them, a show that is for just them. And so the bonds just kind of happen naturally through through their discussions and their being with each other and their learning of each other. And then the words that Terrence wrote are are so powerful and beautiful about self acceptance, you know, and and our ability to love to love everyone. And it, it and I and it just it just shows up, you know, the cast just. It shows up in every one of them and the way they talk to each other and be with each other. And for me, as a director, you are always sitting a bit on the outside, you know, and it's kind of your job to stay on the outside a little bit. But this one, you know, I'm a little more on the inside, and uh, it's it's been a beautiful, moving thing for me. Uh, an observation of pulling together with some of what's been said for the last five minutes is that it's kind of interesting in our civilization, even as we're decrying the greater barriers and separations, and certainly politically and vaccinationally, and in many ways, and the and and all of that. There are other ways that, in your and my lifetime, we've seen barriers go away. What what what's with these two forces and counterforces in our civilization? You know, I think uh, as a species, we are drawn to congregate. You know, we're drawn to civilization and society. But also as a species, we're drawn to uh, individuality and, and our own separate nature. And so there's always that push and pull internally, I think, uh, for each of us 
to find who we are and then also to find how we fit. And with the variety of ideologies, uh, religious experiences, um, uh, you know, political uh, differences, those things kind of push and pull us towards and away from each other. And I think that uh, in my experience, the, the Jesus story, whatever you want to believe about it, the, the message was always about um, looking past those differences and finding those connections um, and, re- and recognizing yourself in other people. You know, when we say the message is everyone is divine, that speaks to me about looking at someone and recognizing their divinity, the, the God in them, you know, how, however that may look or not look, whether, you know, each person is a believer in something higher or not, it doesn't matter. I can still feel that sense of almost primal and spiritual connection to someone that supersedes uh, these divisive natures that we also feel. And from the broad back to the practical, we were just hearing from Jeremy, the scenic designer, and then uh, our, it is also uh, Troy Nickerson, the director of the play. As accepting and warm as the stage left space is, it's small, and there must be some interesting challenges of making this large cast play work in that space. Either of you talk about that. Well, you know, at first it was a little overwhelming for me to have 13 people on that space. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy's set is is beautiful. It's it's a black box feel for sure, um, but it's it's stunning. It's simple. Uh, it works beautifully. It gives all the actors a place to be, a, a place to go to, and gives us really clearly defined playing spaces for the actors to share uh, scene by scene. We made the choice together to not use any props for the show. We're um, the props will all be just mimed to keep a real true black box feel and to really focus on the words of the show. Um, and it's, it, it will surprise you. You know, there's a lot of people on the stage, but it never, feel, it never feels like it's overwhelmed or that the focus is split. Um, with the lighting and with the, the, the beautiful set design and the movement of the actors, it, uh, it, it tells a great story and a very clear clear story you know where to look you know where the action's happening um at first it was a little tough and now it just happens the actors know now you know they know where to go to get out of the way move move where it needs to be and the actors never leave the stage once so they stay there and they participate and watch the entire production and you speak of a great story and it's interesting because on one hand i guess the civilization knows the story based on jesus crucifixion on the other there's the the 1998 um, AIDS epidemic, uh, 13 gay men, uh, aspect of which, of which originally was in the original production of this cast. So, so how does this? How much of the story do you want to reveal right now on the radio that that we don't expect, or that's different, or that combines those those elements? Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, as Troy mentioned, that the the natural development of this particular cast that we have, um, each person coming from their own background, their own gender identity, their own self-expression techniques, has really uh, opened up the words in ways that I don't think Troy or I expected when we originally read the play either. You know, as as two gay men who who lived through the AIDS epidemic and and saw the loss and the 
and the fight and everything that went on during those tumultuous times the 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 place spoke to us in one way and then when these lovely you know people non-binary and trans and 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 cisgendered people come together with different ideas of what those words might mean to them i think parts of the story that originally might have stood out to me as a gay man who lived through the 80s are, are different and, and are enhanced in a way. I also think, like, for me, being a Catholic boy that grew up through Catholic school, and really, even though I, I, did, like, I did like school and I did like the church, and, but I always knew that and felt, at least, that I was not accepted, that, I, I, that God was not mine, that I was on the outside of God. And so there's been truly a certain amount of healing for me um, to realize whatever that divinity you believe in is, is capable for everyone. That is, it is for all of us. And I think this play has taught all of us that even the atheists in the group have realized that divinity in each other and that, that, you know, whatever that God is like. So I think there's been kind of healing for people. There's been growth for people. There's, it's, it's really been transformative in so many ways. Human and personal history happening through, the, through art the way it's supposed to, right in front of us. Uh, with, yeah. this, with this play, Terence McNally's Corpus Christi, it opens this Friday at Stage Left Theater, and it's Friday, Saturday at 7 o'clock, and then Sunday at 2, and then the following two weekends, it's Thursday through Saturday at 7 o'clock, Sunday at 2, concluding on the 6th of February. I think those are all the, the facts about about attendance, and I assume that simply by by doing the usual procedures of Googling Stage Left Theater or something, one can find the rest of the, the means to get yeah. in, right? O- opening night has already sold out, and there's some, you know, the second week is doing great, but the third week still has plenty of tickets tickets to be sold, so I, I really think the show is going to sell out, and I encourage people to get their tickets as soon as possible, and you know, the, 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 the cast comes on as themselves at the beginning of the show, and they say, we're about to tell you a story. It's a story you've heard before, um, but we are here to tell it our way. We have no malice in our hearts. Uh, we just ask that you meet us halfway and listen. So that would be my challenge is for people that are afraid or have any fear of this. Meet us halfway, give the show a chance, and really truly get to know it before you push it out. Thank you, Troy Nickerson, speaking just now, and uh, earlier, Jeremy Whittington, both uh, very much at the center of this production of Corpus Christi, opening this Friday at Stage Left Theater. What a pleasure to have you, the two of you, recount this story to us. Thank you. Oh, Bert, it's been so nice to talk to you again. It's been a long time. Way too long. Thank Thank you so much. Little theater emerging here. Oh, oh, no, no. I, I, I must, I must ask uh, the the vax rules. Uh, you have to be vaccinated, vaccinated to come into the theater, and you have to actually tell your vaccination card. Okay, that's really important to know, so that somebody doesn't say, "Oh dear, I left it at home." I, by the way, I've I've worked the door for some of these things, and there's some pretty clever ways. At one case, uh, somebody realized they'd left it home, so they called home, and somebody photographed it there on their cell phone and sent it to them, and they got in. So if you're mad. If you're imaginative enough, you can get it. But I assume by now most of us are carrying that yeah. card or you know, facsimile. From the audience, but the, but the audience will be masked. Um, 
Yeah, we're trying to keep everybody as safe as possible, and I think we've done. I think Jeremy and the theater has done such an outstanding, excellent job uh, uh, of doing that. So, uh, with all with all good luck, we will be opening on on Friday night, and I I truly think it will happen. Great. So that's that opening this Friday. Thanks again to to both of you, Corpus Christi. Thanks. Stage left. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Vern. Thank you, Vern.